Hey guys, it's 8 Nobody. Before we start today's episode, just take a second to talk about our sponsor, Sinister Jerky, and you can find that at www.sinisterjerky.com. They have all sorts of flavors from Carnage Asada, OG, the Pickle, which is made with dill flavoring, Cracked Pepper, Mango Habanero, and Sriracha Smoke. All these flavors are amazing. I've tried them all personally, and I cannot recommend them enough. Use code KINGDOM at checkout. For a 10% discount, that code is KINGDOM, K-I-N-G-D-O-M. All right, guys, we'll catch you after the episode. All right, welcome back to Castle Comps, episode 51. We're over the hill, so to speak. Hopefully we don't end up on a fucking geriatric home. Today we got Bird Flu. Bird Flu, how are you doing today? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So for those of you who don't know, Bird Flu... He's not only an accomplished Tarkov Chad, but he's also a sponsored skateboarder. So before we get into all the fun in Tarkov and all that other stuff, I have to know, from somebody who grew up in Santa Cruz and somebody who loves skate culture, who was your favorite skateboarder growing up, and what was your favorite company? Um, God, growing up, it's probably still the same as it is now, like Mark Gonzalez, the OG. Oh, that's a great Gons. answer. That is an um, amazing answer. I don't know. I was like growing up around these parts. Um, we always skated really big skateboards. So it was always kind of like the go-to was either Creature or it was this company called Bacon. Oh, I've heard of Bacon. So as a Creature, for someone who's ridden Creature, not only when I see a Creature deck, the colors stand out, but the art and also the people that they've had signed to them like, for example, the guy who stands out for me is always David Gravett. Now, growing up riding like creature decks being as wide as they are, did you usually accompany those with like a wider truck or a fatter or heavier truck, like an independent or something like that? Oh, yeah. It was always uh, independent. Ride the best, fuck the rest, you know? That was <laughs> that was the thing. Um, like 169s to like 215s is usually what I always skated. Absolutely. So the parks that you grew up in, were there a lot of parks growing up for you? Or is it one of those things where you were just, you know, skating around the town and hitting random rails and whatnot? Oh, shit. Uh, Colorado has a ton of skateboarding. Like where I'm from, um, it's like our hometown is five skate parks. And oh, that's awesome. We actually have uh, it was a city funded DIY skate park. And it was the first ever DIY to get uh, lights through the city as well. So, somebody who grew up with this, like, what age did you first pick up a board? And what was the inspiration? Did you just do it because your friends were doing it? Did you always just love the sport? Or is it one of those things where you were brought in by, like, a Tony Hawk or, you know, something like that, like a video game or some live event like an X Games? Like, I was, like, kind of was around skateboarding, you know, grew up, had a skateboard. Like, I was super into, like, the Tony Hawk games, of course, um, growing up and then like i was taken to like yeah the boom boom huck jams i don't know if like you remember hearing about those those things were pretty wild but um really how i got into it was i didn't want to play sports anymore and uh i remember it was like seventh grade first day of seventh grade i went to football practice fucking did conditioning ran for like two hours and i was like Fuck this. I'm not doing this shit. No, I'm not dying. <laughs> I remember but, those um, days as well. It was just like, yeah, this is horrible. Yeah. I was like, nah, I'm, this ain't for me. 
and I remember telling my dad, like, I quit and not doing sports, like, ain't for me. And he was like, well, my parents just made a thing. They're like, well, you have to kind of find something that we can ground you from or some shit. Like, <laughs> so I, I was like, fuck it, skateboarding. I picked up skateboarding. Like, got a new board, all that thing. And then, like, first day, I remember, like, I learned how to kickflip, like, right off the bat. Like all a kickflip, pot shove. I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" So you were um, you were pretty much a natural because I remember growing up and trying to do those, like you know, on the carpet, trying not to bust my yeah, ass. No, it like, took quite a while. No, it was like when I literally was like, "I'm gonna start skating." Like all that was like day one, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like this is pretty fun. <laughs> so when you were getting into that stuff, I know these are the days before YouTube. And before, you know, you could look up how to do certain things. Now, did you learn all this stuff just by your friends or, like, you know, foot placement and all that stuff? Or was that just something that you just messed around until you figured it out on your own? A lot of it was, yeah, just kind of playing with it, sitting in front of my house doing flat ground or, yeah, skating, like, a little flat bar, riding my bike to some small, like, at that point, I kind of lived farther away than I did now, like, there's a shittier skate park I would go that like I learned all my fundamentals and everything, but like, and I pretty much me and a homie kind of just like we're like let's learn, just fucked around until we learned. So you went the Rodney Mullen approach of just doing it millions of times until you got it down. Yeah, and then it was like yeah, I started watching skate videos, started like learning like actually what tricks were called, so forth, and yeah, totally. So what company do you ride for currently? Um, so the board company is out of Denver. It's called Name and Blood Skateboards NIB. Um do that one's it. Great, great dude. Um and then I also get sent shoes from New Balance. New Balance, okay. So if your skate company, NIP, if they decided that they were gonna enter the King of the Road <laughs> if they were going to go king of the road, would you be down to be on that van and to go through the punishment that those guys go through? Or is that something that you would pass on if given the opportunity? No, that would be a definitely yes. Oh, definitely yes. <laughs> so ha- have you seen all of the seasons of, grow- of uh, king of the road growing up? Or was it one of those things where you found it later in life? Oh, no, that was like a normal thing. Like watching it on Thrasher, you know, Thrasher's website always right. was for those like of you, a big thing growing up. Oh, it was amazing. For those of you who don't know, King of the Road was like an actual reality TV show where they get three skate companies. They get these guys all in vans, and they give them a book of not only tricks to do, but also pretty fucked up shit. It's like, hey, go to a tree and shit into a shoe or put on this, like, Breaking Bad costume and skate in 120-degree weather. It's like crazy shit. You know, kiss random people. Like, it's all sorts of social and skateboarding things mixed into one. And then companies like to mess with each other along the way. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's brought to you by Thrasher, so you know it's a good product. So... Being a guy who skates with New Balance, I personally have never worn New Balance skate shoes. How would you say they stack up to the other like giants of the industry, like you, like a DC and Audio and Etnies? Like, where would you say New Balance sits? See, the the funny thing was I kept bugging my skate shop, like the owner, because like he's a homie, all that, and I was like, come on, come on, get New Balance in this shop, like I'll buy them. I'll, like I was all about them. I just. Nowhere to get them near me, 
And then when he started talking to the rep, they were like, we want to hook someone up around here. And then everyone's name went straight to me. <laughs> so that's like, I was like an ass. I love their shoes. I thought they were comfortable. Like they lasted forever. I like, they weren't super narrow like Nikes were because that was always my issue with like Nike and most Adidas that they're like too narrow for my foot. Right. So it was like a good, like kind of wider shoe that was comfortable, that good high tops. The whole like number thing was kind of cool because they like the higher the number of New Balance is the more technology and the more comfortable the shoe is actually going to be. That's a pretty cool way of doing it. That's an interesting system. Yeah, so it's like, a, it's funny because like they have like a one that's like a running shoe. It's like based off one of their running shoes, actually. It's actually Marquise Henry's shoe, but it's the 420s. And they even like threw a little weed pocket in the tongue, all that. But like <laughs> that shoe is a little more comfortable shoe than like the 212s, which is like a high top. Like it's more of a basic high top. I like that shoe, I would compare to like a Nike Blazer or something. Nice. So, growing up, there was so many skate companies growing up, and there was, like, deck art. I think that time when we were growing up was probably at its peak. Now, what company to you had the best deck art? Was it something like a World Industries with the Flame and Waterboy? Was it Blind and the Little Grim Reaper? Like, did you have a favorite art style or deck art? Oh, man. There was... It's a hard one, I know. There was a board. I wish I'd never skated. I wish it was still, it was on my wall. I, but I was a dumb kid, had it, skated it. But, um, that it's either that there's between two. So it's this one, which was, uh, our shop was like, it was like the first skate shop to do a collab with, um, crooked Mark Gonzalez, like drew a fucking design, a crooked like design with our, like this market skate shop. And it was Market Skate Shop with Crooked. That board was just sweet because it was like they only made like 200 of them, right? Limited run, yeah. Yeah, so it was like, boy, like I wish I still had that. Don't have it. A couple of my homies do. Very jealous. (laughs) You're just like those guys who grew up with like Star Trek toys or Star Wars toys when they were original. Be like, why did I take it out of the box? I could have been so rich. No, straight up. That, that's kind of how it is, though. With like, like the other board that I'm talking about is a. It's like a creature did a undead series of comedians, and, was, and had like, and the one I got was Chris Farley. Oh, I that's so cool. Buying one, I bought the Chris Farley one. I it's gripped. It even has the stickers on the nose. Oh, so but like everything, like you get the whole graphics there. It's actually on my wall right next to me. Um, but I remember like almost skating it. And then I went to the shop and bought another one and skated that same board. <laughs> but that board now, like, Oh, it's up there. I, I have a homie that offered me like two grand for it. Well, it's not only like, just a cool like, art piece, nah, but it's a nostalgic just... piece too. Oh yeah. And it appeals like... to people who either love skate culture or love the comedian in question, or both. So it appeals to multiple facets. That's just one of those cool collector pieces. Yeah, and actually, I think that I think that homie just found one on the internet and bought it for like fifteen hundred dollars. So 
<laughs> they should make a new run because there's been a lot of great comedians who have died lately. Like, I can only imagine a Norm McDonald deck. That'd be pretty sick. Norm would be very, very dope. <laughs> right? So, yeah, yeah. It's funny because I'll go on eBay sometimes and I'll look at old shit from like things I loved as a kid, like trucks. Like, I'll look up Grind Kings that they haven't made those in such a long oh, time. Man, Grind Kings. So light. And you needed an Allen wrench. You didn't need a specialized skate tool to like, you know, tighten those or loosen those. It was so nice. And yeah, it's that special place in my heart for those particular trucks. But, you know, we're, we're getting a little off topic. So, Let's reel it back a little bit and get into the gaming world. So, when it came to gaming, where did it all start for you? It was always, like, growing up, I just, I remember, like, playing split-screen GoldenEye against my dad at a young age, like, three years old, you know? Like, right. I was always, like... Love Spyro, all Crash Bandicoot, like all that. I always grew up playing all that, all the early PlayStation, early Xbox, all the Halos. Right. But then, like, those were like almost open world games before open world games became huge. Oh yeah, it was just like the whole puzzle with like yeah, almost an RPG element behind it. Like, I love that stuff. Those games were great at sprinkling in comedic moments within it it wasn't just like you know gameplay it wasn't just serious gameplay there's always a little funny shit especially in crash bandicoot oh yeah no like that like definitely huge on tony hawk ssx tricky to stuff like that like i was just like i was i was huge into games when i was a kid do you remember when you were a kid when you were playing the original tony hawk on n64 and you unlocked officer dick you're like what is this For those of you who yeah. never played Tony Hawk, Officer Dick was a fat cop. <laughs> he had like yeah. funny tricks that were named like specifically like the donut roll and like stupid things like that. Yeah, in the um, in the remastered one, it's actually Jack Black. Right? So, are you yeah. looking forward to? Well, they're not calling it Skate Four, but it's essentially Skate Four, and it's going to be free. What what they're saying, and they say no microtransactions, but I'll believe that when I fucking see it. So, are you excited for the rebirth of Skate? Yes, uh, like that whole and like, like they said, like they're not gonna do anything behind paywall, but like Skate, God, there's I have so many memories of like rain days with homies just chilling like in a basement or something playing Skate for like eight hours, nine hours, right? So. When it comes to being part of a being a sponsored skateboarder, is your life like skate? Do they call you up randomly and be like, "Hey, we need you to jump a twenty stair today, and we need a photo of it by noon"? <laughs> do like, do they hit you up like that? No, no, it's <laughs> well, not for me at least. Not that's never been a thing. Um, usually, like the dude that gives me boards in Denver. Lately, we've been like on sun some Sundays. I go down to Denver and meet up with them. Everybody hops in his van and we just like hit spots, film all day. So like nice. he sees what's going on, everything. But everything's kind of going all to a part. The shoe wise, New Balance has been the chillest shit in the world. Like they don't, they've never asked me for a goddamn thing. And it's That's awesome. Of, I, I'm very thankful for that. Like the rep, he's a great dude. Everything about that, like. Last time I saw him, though, it was some event. It was, like, on the hill in Boulder. It was, like, this downhill event, and 
that event was cool because they were just giving out money per trick and i ended up walking away with like 120 bucks or something that's pretty sick (laughs) it's not a bad way to make 120 bucks oh no it's just having fun in the hot sun right what's better than that so from somebody who's been skating for a while like i know when we get older we have that stupid little voice in the back of our head that starts saying oh don't do that you're gonna get hurt like do you have that little voice coming into play or is that something that hasn't been a factor as you've progressed in the sport and as you've gotten older some big things like i don't know i've always been someone that jumps off really tall things for i've always been that person in the group for no i don't know why i hate it that i am that person um but as i get older i realize i'm more and more afraid of heights and not higher like when I do get up there, I'm like, fucking, why am I up here? Like, I don't like this shit. <laughs> but it also makes me land it in like one or two goes. That's a funny combination of of traits to have. I jump off of high things, but I hate high things. And like, I don't like. I don't know. As I get older, I start liking heights less and less. Right. Sure. No, it's totally. So. Injury wise, what is the worst injury that you have occurred during your career? Uh, out of all the many, many injuries, I would say um, one day I hit my face, which it, and it was like eight stitches on my eyebrow and two orbital fractures and a most fucked up concussion anyone could ever ask for. <laughs> so, what would be your advice to somebody? who's like you know newer into skating or somebody that's just been through like a stacking super hard like what would be your best advice for getting back out there and getting back on the horse so to speak fun like i don't know everyone kind of gets like worked up with it but like skating's there to it's a fucking toy right have fun with it (laughs) like who gives a shit about tricks who just get out there and push I See, think that's like really the only thing that matters with skateboarding. That is a great mentality to have because I know guys who have gotten big in surfing and skateboarding and things like that. And when I talk to them later down the road, they make it sound like they like it less and less and less because it's become kind of a job and that's the kind of way that they approach it. So that's great that you're approaching it from the mindset of like, I'm having fun. This is this is what I do, but like I'm having fun doing it, as opposed to like, oh, I gotta go do this today, gotta go clock in. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, for skateboarding, like I've never been the person that's like, oh, I'm gonna make myself do that. And I was just like, I just went with the flow. Just like that's what I enjoy about skateboarding. No, like it was a just like an in, individual mindset thing. The more like you got in your head, the more. It's just, you're going to have a bad time. You're going to have meltdowns and stuff. Like, I don't know. I have plenty of homies that just melt down. (laughs) It happens to the best of them. See, just like any other sport, it's a mental game. And if you don't treat yourself appropriately, or if if you don't have a handle on the mental game, it can get the best of you. And we see that in every facet of life. We even see it in the streaming community. Like, streamers that go too long don't take personal days you'll if you if you're on twitter you'll see every now and again they like they open up and they like they're ha- they go through some hard stuff like taking those mental days and taking that time to you know take that time and giving yourself 
the ability to take that time is huge in the long run. So from somebody who streams, what would be your best advice for people who are getting in there and having trouble getting your ass with the mental game? Like someone who's like, oh, my numbers aren't where I want them to be. Or it's like, oh, I just can't find something I like, you know, I can't find my voice. Like what would be your best advice for getting a hold of that mental block? Uh, I mean, that that's a good question. The it's a hard mental, one, I know. Yeah, no. Nah, um, I don't know. I, for me, it was always like kind of like how I was saying with skateboarding. Like, I came into it just to like kind of find, like, I knew it was going to take me a while. I knew I wasn't going to just hop into streaming and be like a success, you know? That's a rare occurrence. Right. <laughs> that's just like I was just real with myself I was like I'm gonna do this like beat some homies have some fun because like definitely I went to started streaming in a time I kind of felt more alone and even with like numbers in the beginning I turned off everything because I knew that would help mentally too it would make me not look at a number where I just like turn off everything and just talk that's how like I thought of it. It was just like I'm just gonna talk to myself first. Right. You took that element out of the equation and you went back just to like having fun. Just like the same approach you take towards skateboarding. Yeah, I was like, hey, I'm just like regardless, like I've always played a once I got back into video games, yeah, I was playing a ton and I was like, Why am I not like recording any of this doing it? And I was like, might as well stream. And I was like, I can meet some homies doing it. What's the worst that can happen? Right. Right. You're going to have somebody come in there and say something negative or somebody be like, hey, you want to be famous and drop a link? Like, if that's the worst thing that's going to happen, that's not too bad. Yeah, and then uh, I guarantee you, you'll meet someone, though. Meet a homie, like, eventually. It's just how it works. Networking, stuff like that. Like, I remember meeting other streamers in the beginning of streaming and just, like, becoming friends with them, and that helped so much. Right appropriate networking and like delving into the communities yeah like being like i want to grow with these people instead of being pretty much it's like instead I'm of taking a parasitic approach to it like some people do where they're like hey first time in chat can i game with you kind of thing yeah no it was just like hey we're all trying to do the same thing out here right absolutely and it, so- was, it makes it more fun like and once again, like I said, like turning off numbers, turning off all that helps tremendously. Absolutely. So what game did you start when you were streaming, when you were brand new to the platform? Like, were you always a Tarkov guy or was it a transition from something else? Okay, this is kind of funny because like got really into skateboarding, right? And then like that led into getting really into partying. So I didn't play video games for probably seven years eight years like straight up didn't touch it didn't look at it um i even lived in houses that didn't even have wi-fi in it stuff like right (laughs) um nah when i got back into gaming and that kind that led into streaming was because of Fortnite. weirdly enough nice so you were a fan of the battle royale at the time well I had a PS4 and I remember I moved into this house and it was just got Wi-Fi again after not having it for a while. (laughs) 
and I started like on I was seeing on Instagram, like on Facebook, whatever platform. I was just like on my normal feed. Started seeing Fortnite everywhere, and I was like, "Whoa, what is this?" And I was like, "Fuck it, I'll download it." And then I got like addicted to that, straight up. Like, loved it. I had the most fun I had in so long playing that. And then I learned mouse and keyboard on PS4. Weirdly enough, because that allowed you to do it with Fortnite. Right. And um and then I literally went and bought a PC to get into competitive Fortnite. So Fortnite then, was the gateway drug to PC gaming. Yeah. And then I got into like competitive Fortnite and was like playing all the cash cups and shit, like won a little bit of money, stuff like that. And then I was like and then I saw Tarkov. And I was like, yo, what the fuck is this? Like, kind of played it for a while, kind of learned it. And then, like, when I started streaming, I streamed on Mixer for a little bit. Right, and that was still a thing. Yeah, it was Mixer. Streamed on Mixer for a little bit, a Tarkov. And then when that died, came to Twitch, you know, restarted all over on Twitch. But, like, just kind of, like, chilled on Tarkov didn't take it like super super serious at first though were hard right well it's so funny because Fortnite and Tarkov you couldn't find two games that are aesthetically so different in so many different ways and so many mechanics so when you were getting into the Fortnite scene what about that game spoke to you was it the gunplay was it the building like what about it spoke to you well I always like competitive gaming like I did old game battles back in the day call of duty 4 game battles rainbow six vegas game battles stuff like gears of war of course um but like the competitive aspect of fortnite was so fascinating to me with building like that end game was so chaotic and so nutty that i was like i want to be involved with that i don't know people just just cranking the empire state building and then undoing their builds as they're building to try to get a quick shotgun. Like, it's crazy, like, how fast everything moves at endgame Fortnite. Yeah, no, so some about, yeah, like, and throwing shots in between all that, and you're just like, it seems insane. I want to learn how to do that. And I spent stupid amount of hours learning how to do that. <laughs> so, with the direction that Fortnite is going now, where they have introduced no-build Fortnite, do you have any interest in playing something like that, or do you feel like that kind of takes away the aspect of the game that you've loved, the, something that spoke to you? To be honest, I think the regular game of Fortnite is so lost, and I think the no-build is the funnest thing they could have done. Nice. Oh, uh, no, I've I've gone back to the no-build, and I think it's a ton of fun. Absolutely. So when it comes to Tarkov, now... When you were first getting into the game, did you have somebody helping you along the way, or was it something that you had to pick up on your own? It was just like, you know, you just kind of dove in head first and figured it out. I learned, I would say the first thousand hours of Tarkov was completely solo. Wow. Not a single raid with someone else or anything. And it was all, um, it was pretty much like, I would say the first 300 hours of the game was me learning from either just running scavs, running ratty PMCs, and watching Twitch streams. Like, 
Absolutely. That's a great way to learn, though. Like, the scav run is an absolute, like, you know, it's, it's pretty much a free run. Learn the map. Learn the scav extracts. See how players move and all that other stuff. Yeah, like, I, would, I would scav, and then I would watch a Twitch stream and wait for my scav to reload. And then when that reload, I would run in there and just, like, kind of try to learn the maps. Absolutely. So how many wipes would you say you've been a part of at this point? I think that's just, like, my eighth wipe. Okay, so you've seen the game progress quite a ways from its induction. So this current wipe that we're on, where would you say that this current wipe stacks up for you? Would you say this is one of the better wipes, one of the worst wipes, like, or is it too early to tell for this particular one? So far, I'm having actually the most fun I've had in a couple wipes, I would say. And I'm, what, about 300 raids in this wipe already? Damn. That's a lot of rates. Yeah, no. Tarkov's one of those games that when it wipes, I kind of just... I get Dive in head first. Yeah, I get addicted to it again. And to be honest, I haven't felt this way about Tarkov in a, in a while. Like, wipes. Now, what because, would you like, say about this wipe is speaking to you? Would you say it was the things that was brought on from the last wipe? Like the VoIP? The, the ergo or the inertia like w- would you say something like that has made a difference or w- what about this wipe is like so like captivating for you well the and this wipe the movement tweak with inertia I think that's huge I don't know I think Tarkov even with inertia has one of the best movements in a game I don't know I just like how fluid it feels everything about it right. um Movement just feels better this wipe. I feel like they're kind of just listening with trying to buff other things so you kind of see more weapons than just 762 BP because <laughs> mutants and whatnot. Uh, because my my thing about Tarkov, my favorite thing about Tarkov is you can build the craziest things. Like, you can just have fun with building guns. Right. You could put 12 flashlights no on one, one of those things. No one does that either. Like, no one memes out, has fun once in a while. Everyone's just, like, meta out. And, like, right. I think... Mutants and <laughs> gazelle you know, armors. To be honest, I think this wipe, more people are pacing themselves, too. It's not everybody just rushing to the end like every other wipe. It kind of seems a little more slower paced um i also just feel like it's just right now yeah there's a lot of diversity within the game currently right early wipe it's usually like that but like i haven't i there's not a single day i run into the same thing over and over and over and and which is refreshing usually usually by this time in the wipe it kind of is at that point and yeah no the there's it so is. many guns in the game. It's kind of annoying how you're right. It does kind of whittle down in previous wipes. So like, you know, a select three or four guns, armor, ammo. And it's cool to see that. I know a lot of people who are like, you know, chat out. They're not a big fan of the changes to the flea market. But the fact that you can't sell certain things and you can't buy certain things kind of spurs that diversity. So that's kind of a like kind of a nudge by the developers being like, hey, there's other shit in the game, why don't you try it? <laughs> so, would you say, with these changes being added, the game has become not only more fun from a diversity aspect, but also more difficult, because there's so many more things to learn? 
Oh yeah, and like I know I'm like most people. I think the game, ammo wise and higher gear wise, should be harder to get. And I know most hardcore Tarkov players agree with that because like that's what makes Tarkov fun. Like the it'd be dope to find something that you're like you never see or something, and then you get to use it. Right. Right. No. Totally. So, for somebody who loves competition and somebody who loves competitive aspects, are you looking forward to Terminal? Oh, Arena and all that's going to be so good. But to be honest, I'm not going to, like most people are like, I'm only going to main Arena. I'm going to use it as a time to time play it, probably use it as a warm up or something. Because the thing with Tarkov is I love raids. Love raids, love going in. Love well, there's so much fans. that goes into so it. So unpredictability within that raid, right? Where if you want to, just like, oh, go ahead. Well, it's just like I love PvP. I love all that, but I love how unpredictable a Tarkov raid is. Where arena, you're gonna be able to start predicting certain angles, corners, certain like, right. It's going to become like a CS:GO or a Valorant. They're like, oh, someone's going to hold that angle going into this site, or you know, something like that. Yeah, and I also, I mean, it's going to be fun because I feel like the veterans of Tarkov Two are going to kill a bunch of new people coming in, just like dumpster on them because they're not going to be. I mean, Tarkov, it's going to be such a hard adjustment for movement and other things. If they Especially like that movement people coming from other types of games that haven't played a Tarkov, like somebody coming from the COD community who's like, oh yeah, I'll dominate in Tarkov and be like, wait a minute, I can't just W key like sprint like nonstop the whole map? Yeah, no, that, like, yeah, that or someone from Valorant or someone where it's going to be, it's just going to be a different feel, which I think Arena will do very well. I'm glad that it's going to be on different servers as well with a higher tick rate. I think that's going to make that even more successful, but I don't think it takes away from the main game from Escape from Tarkov, personally. So, from somebody who wants to use Terminal as a warm-up, would you be a fan of an option where you can either PvP against other players, or, like, let's say you go into Terminal and you want to PvP against bosses. Like, hey, I haven't fought the Goon Squad yet, and I want to get used to the way they fight. I'm going to choose to fight against them. Or, like, hey, I'm going to fight against Rashala and the boys to, like, warm up. Would you be a fan of picking to go against AI or other players? And if AI getting to pick the composition of the team you're going to go up against? Actually, never really thought about that, but I think one that would be fun as hell. Like, go in with like a homie and fight all the bosses um but also i think they should actually throw ai and like the bosses like that have it be like a ladder system be like hey i'm gonna go up against regular scabs right (laughs) right be like team of five versus five random bosses (laughs) just have it be insane or you'd be like hey i want to go up against rogues or i want to go up against scavs you know just like have it like be like oh you got to work your way up from like the bottom tier of like taws scavs to like raiders to bosses and rogues and all that so somebody who also mentioned the diversity of the game now we see we're seeing a lot more use of certain guns how would you feel about seeing melee weapons become more of a factor in the game? Like, have certain extracts be like, hey, 
instead of just the red rebel on reserves, like, hey, do you want to use a crowbar to extract on factory by opening up a door? Or do you want to use a shovel okay, to dig under so, a fence? Uh, this is something I've always talked about. Always have been like, so I've always said reserve, sewer, manhole. You should be able to take a small bag out with you with a, either take a crowbar or like the EODX because it has a crowbar on the bottom. That'd be cool. Something like that. Yeah, where it uses other melee objects. Like I've always wanted that because you could, especially reserve, because reserve needs more extracts. Absolutely. And it would also be good on a map like interchange where you have like extract campers if you could like find a like a big stretch of fence like hey you can dig under this but it's going to take you like 45 seconds and you have to drop your backpack so you don't have to like commit yourself to those extracts that you know somebody's like sitting up in a tree and is invisible for you to see waiting for you to take you out that's funny because i am an interchange main and i am a hole in the fence main like i don't use backpacks (laughs) for those exact reasons (laughs) So, somebody with mains interchange, like, would you be a fan of something like that? Be like, hey, no backpack, and you can dig under any fence, or, like, something like that. It would make noise, of course, but it would save you from the hassle of dealing with extra camps. That, I also think interchange, like, I would be down with that. I also think interchange, uh, I think there should be another elevator, too, that you could use a key card or the roof to extract as well. Um, that would be pretty cool. Like, that, like there's so many opportunities with interchange and that they could do that are just like would make that map even better it's, even if they tweaked the lighting more like they definitely needed to play with the lighting <laughs> so in this theoretical elevator extract would you want to have like elevator music while you're like going up like you're just sitting there with your guns like do 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 like yeah. just like random like mall music yeah, in there I'm like old school like Russian oldies music, you know? Right. So, on, <laughs> do you think that kind of music should play throughout Interchange? Like, I know you talked about lighting me this week, but how would you feel if randomly, if Killa was spawned on the map, he would randomly get on the intercom and say things, be like, oh, Killa's here. I'd be down with that, because I've heard that before, and my thing is, I've always wanted Killa to have dogs. Like, you go in the mall, and then you hear the dogs barking, and then you're like, oh, fuck, kill is here. And then it's like a whole ordeal to, like, get Killa, you know? Interesting. I, I like the I like the idea of, of animals in see the game. So I you brought the subject up, so I got to ask, would you be a fan of something like a hideout pet? Like, you know, some kind of fun little side thing. Be like, hey, you have to get your goldfish, goldfish flakes or he's gonna die kind of thing and have like there'd be like a generator countdown be like I have 12 hours to get this fucker more food kind of like your your generator and fuel I'd be honest my pet would be dead if that was the thing <laughs> I don't use that or shit I don't know I've never I've I put the most money in the hideout this wipe I have in probably six wipes so some... because I didn't want to look for a letty Oh no, totally. I understand that. It's it's a big investment. And when you find one, you're like, I don't want to give this away. Exactly. <laughs> so when it comes to the hideout, would you be more prompted to use the hideout if it wasn't so linear? Like when you do the hideout, you have to upgrade things a certain way and you have to pretty much you know, there's only you have to build the same stuff every time. Would you be a fan if the if the hideout gave you options? Be like, hey, you can build this station or you could build that station to give it more customization options and more craft options? 
that also I would use the hideout more and everything if they took high tier ammos completely up traders everything then you would have to make it craft or found and raid only that would be um also the thing that bugs me about the hideout I think it's a menu simulator when Tarkov's already halfway a menu simulator so <laughs> anything to get me out of the menu I so that's kind of why I don't choose to do my hideout to be honest if you could do menu shit while you're looking for a raid like stat stuff or any of that I would do my hideout like you're loading into raid and while you're loading into raid it gives you the option of like hey you want to go in your hideout while this shit's getting ready that or your stash or something yeah I would do with the hideout then but yep, that would be cool but so, since you can't do that I'm like nah give me give me a new raid give me give me playing <laughs> let me shoot shit <laughs> so somebody who's played the game for a while how would you feel about having presets, like weapon presets, carry over from wipe to wipe to wipe, and also having them generate a code so you could share your code for your weapon builds with other people? Be like, hey, this gun is my favorite gun. I'm going to share this with my community without having to, like, you know, put a grocery list of each individual part out there, just having it be a nice, easy, pasteable code. Would that be something you'd be a fan of? Yeah, that'd actually be pretty dope. That way, too, when you're, like, running raids with a homie and you're doing meme runs, they have a build and give you a code. That's actually... I've never thought of that before, to be honest. That's I mean, that'd be a cool smart. way to do viewer kits, so that way someone's not loading in with you and just getting killed immediately. So it makes the raid... You know, if you go on Factory and somebody's, like, in there, it gives you a viewer kit, and then you, like, kill them... Like, well, there's one less guy for me to fight here. So it would be cool if they just, like, sent you a code and if they could, like, attach money to, like, hey, here's the gun, here's the money where you can buy all this stuff from a viewer. I think that'd be a cool thing to add in for content creators. Yeah. So as a content creator, do you engage with your community in Tarkov Raids? Like, do you do the things where you're like, hey, it's community day, or hey, it's like, you know... <laughs> community builds like do you do things like that or is it one of those things where when you game you prefer to go in solo um a lot of times like i'll usually run scavs with anyone i used to always do scav armies with a bunch of people um most of my community currently is actually like either breaking from tarkov or chilling on it but um i am planning on here more soonish to start doing like custom PvP lobbies and so forth once I get max traders just so yeah do more community things more lobbies like that more game modes and stuff since there is the option to do that now with offline co-op right have you seen some of the things that some of the other creators have done with offline modes like you saw Ash LV doing squid games with the 50 caliber on customs and you know having a huge night fight in front of big red or like those are the kind of things that you're looking forward to doing with your community moving forward oh yeah no I've been I've had ideas for when Tarkov would do custom lobbies kind of like that I've had ideas for that for a long time so Nice. I'm kind of just waiting until more people are more settled in the wipe, you know? Absolutely. Because it's, it's Tarkov right now. It's early wipe. Everybody is, like, trying to get their shit done. I don't want to be like, hey, let's do all these fun games when I know most people don't want to do that currently because they're trying to get all their stuff done. I'm trying to get Kappa. I don't have time for this. <laughs> 
all that yeah, crazy like, sweat. Yeah, they're grinding at max traders, or they're just trying to get their tasks done. Like, it's early wipe. Once it hits, like, more mid-wipe and stuff, like, you'll see more... Definitely more people wanting to do that type of stuff, so... Totally, and that's when you're going to see the meme people come out with, like, the eight flashlights on one gun or the 12 lasers and all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. No, it's... Yeah, no, I got so many ideas already that I just, like... I also need to get certain things for the ideas because I, I've always wanted to do, like, kill a paintball once. Oh, like, that would be sick. Everyone's geared to kill it out, and then they have, like, Sega 9s with fucking tracer ammo ammo or some shit <laughs> just see how long the fights go it <laughs> would be really cool actually so moving into fun questions if you could hang out with any trader who would it be and on the other side of the coin if you could beat the shit out of any of the traders who would it be be honest i'm kicking it with fucking jaeger <laughs> That is the first person I've ever heard say they want to kick it with Jaeger. May I ask why? Uh, well, that man's chilling out in the woods, fucking. You know he's getting hammered out there. I don't know. Oh, he's growing but, mushrooms. He's doing all sorts of you know, stuff. Like, you know there. that man's down to like roll up, smoke a doobie. For, oh yeah. Just like, I don't know. I'm. A, I think Jaeger's tasks are fun. It's always. I like I, I like some of them, but some of the other ones are a little like, why? Why am I doing this? Why am I breaking my legs and getting headshots, Jaeger? Come on! Oh no! To me, out of everyone, he seems like he would be the most fun to kick it with. It feels like most of his missions he makes when he's high. He's like, oh bro, I smoke so much fucking. Exactly. I need like, you to bring me a lunchbox, <laughs> like right now. Yeah, just like kicking in the woods, getting high. Like that seems like Jaeger to me. I go fucking kick it with him. <laughs> Would you be a fan of a Jaeger mission where he's like, hey, I want you to go in woods and I want you to eat this mushroom and then when you see Bigfoot, kill him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd go, oh, Bigfoot. <laughs> you imagine that? If there's just a mission where you eat a mushroom and that makes you see like a random Bigfoot running around and you have to kill him and bring Jaeger back like his like claw or something. Oh, yeah, that would be the... That would be dope. <laughs> so... On the other side of that question, what trader are you are you beating the shit out of? To be honest, I'm kicking the shit out of Peacekeeper. <laughs> and why is that? All those fucking shoreline tasks, man. That dude's getting his ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great answer. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, I don't give a shit. Like, I like all the weapon parts he's got, but nah. Send me back to shoreline. One you more like time. his stuff, but you don't like the price that comes with it. You're like, bro, come on, oh, no. no, don't I, make me go I back dread, there. I dread, I dread that dude's tasks every wipe, every <laughs> wipe. <laughs> so, on the other side of the question, all right, now let me rephrase the question. Same question, but with the bosses. If there was one boss you could kick it with, who would it be? And if there was one boss that you're beating the shit out of, who is it? Oh, I'm kicking it with Killa all day. Nice. And why is that? I don't know. I just something about the, the Adidas stripe. Something about the mall. He yeah, might not no, agree with like, your choice of New Balances. Yeah, whatever. I'll fucking <laughs> give him a good old slop squat. He'll he'll appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and on the other yeah. side of the coin, what boss do you want to beat the shit out of? Oh man, that one. It's a hard question. Um, I know. You know, 
I would probably say Rashala. Rashala and the boys. Now, what did Rashala do to warrant such an ass beating? I don't know why he's always hiding in the bathroom. Why is he so scared? <laughs> he's got diarrhea or something, man. Man, that dude's scared. That's the only reason. I don't even know. Like, Well, he runs with the biggest posse, and he's hiding in the bathroom. Yeah, no, he's he's scared. Like, quit with this Tarkov. Quit being scared, man. You have a golden TT. Grow some balls. <laughs> yeah, you got the dopest, like, gun animation in the game. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. So, Berflu, I'm about to ask you one of the more serious questions on Castle Comms. Now... Last wipe, did you kill Santa Claus? Like two or three times, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what your scab rep was at the end of last wipe? Was it positive, it negative? It was Max, nice. Yeah, As now, were those Santa Claus kills on purpose or were they accidents? Oh, no, they were all accidents. They were straight pre fires. Oh, <laughs> So we've already established your least favorite map, Shoreline. Well, what is your current favorite map? I say it every wipe that I won't be an interchange main, but interchange is still just, I don't know what it is. <laughs> There's just such high loot potential. Like, you go in there, you can find a Letex, you can find a Lithomoscope, you can find GPUs. Like, it's just such, and it's huge. It's like, it's just a, just like how the map's laid out, everything about it. But actually, I would say my least favorite map right now on this wipe is Customs. And why is it Customs? Is it just the way the map's laid out? Is it player movement? Oh, I, I fucking love Customs. I think it's a great map. This way, can't stand it. I probably have, like, maybe 10 raids on it. Like, and all 10 were to get tasks done, you know? But, now, um, what would you say changed? Right now, I just feel like there's an influx of a lot of new players within Tarkov. Oh, and they're yeah. all scared, and I only die from bushes on that map. Totally. So I, we're like on shoreline. Like I hate that fucking map because how big it is. But I've been running into people at least, and actually having PvP, not just dying from bushes. Right. So it's become a little bit more a favored map just because the style of play. Because customs, a lot of new people get pushed to customs because of the tasking and whatnot early game. So that makes sense why you're running into so many new people who might be a little bit more timid and a little afraid and, you know, not oh, sure how a, the game it's, works. It's, it's exactly that. Like, as I've said, I've played Tarkov long enough to know where, like, usually how the map flows. And the map flows, like, where you find people hiding, other things. It's, like, it's all very weird and very, like, it's just, like, tell it's new players that it's are just wrong. nonsensical it's yeah. like what are, what are you yeah. doing here? yeah it's like you're lost and it's because you're new that's right. okay you're learning but it can be frustrating at times for someone that's just like what, what is going on because you're like how why are you there especially when you're doing all that mental math of like oh there's like 10 minutes left in raid so i know most people are gone some people are here some people are there then you die to a complete random spot and you're like what the fuck like that what yeah no it's just it's just like, yeah, no, that's just been my experience so far on customs. Guarantee totally. you in two months, customs will be a blast. Oh, absolutely. Because it, either those guys who are playing are either going to get more comfortable with the game or they'll fall off and they'll come back later. Oh, exactly. So when it comes to the game where it stands, 
As somebody who makes content and does content creation, do you use VoIP a lot in your raids, or is VoIP something that you don't touch? Um, I'm trying to get better with VoIP. Um, sometimes I just don't think about it right away. You know, it's kind of one of those things I need to adjust to because I'm used to Tarkov without VoIP. Right, you've played seven wipes without VoIP, so having it brand new, like, in your face, it was probably like, oh, yeah, right, I can do that. Fuck, I totally forgot. No, so it's like, no, like, I just, like, I'm getting better at using VoIP. Definitely need to get better at using it with VoIP because that shit can make things hilarious. Right, oh, absolutely. Like, and you see funny things, too. Like, you have people, like, fake death noises, like, did I kill you? <laughs> And seeing if the guy will yeah. be because he made that noise and all that other stuff. Oh, this is no, some like, pretty I've, funny content. I've had some great experiences over VoIP, but I'm like, I could have so many more. I just remembered <laughs> that it was a thing. So I have seen a lot of content out there of people encountering cheaters and cheaters calling them by their name and doing weird stuff like that. Now, have you encountered that at all this wipe? I have not. I don't know. I, I'm not someone that typically has ever ran into much cheaters, but also I know this early on in a wipe not to just be fully level six everything, four hundred k, four hundred thousand k gun stuff because that attracts the cheaters to you. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. I don't know. Um. I know that there is definitely cheaters, but I don't run into it very often, very right. much. Totally. Like tonight I did have one experience. I didn't even die from it. I just took off running, but it was like, this is sus because he was trying to shoot me through the wall and trying to throw nades to the wall. Oh, weird. Yeah. But, I, was he like uh, nade like, spamming with like multiples or was it like one here, one there? It was just like one here, there and just kept shooting at the same spot of the walls. Like, you could oh, tell, weird. yeah, you, you just could see me through the wall, and I just, I took off running. I was just like, no, I'm not. It's like, I'm dipping, I'm not dealing with this. Do? Yeah, right. yeah, no, I went around, looted, and left. <laughs> Absolutely, that's that's really all you can do other than die no, in that I was situation. Just like, oh, there's, here's, but like, I think that's the first time I've had something sus like that in probably four or five days. And you said you've played like 300 white, I mean 300 like, raids this wipe, so... You know, one in 300 yeah. is actually pretty uh, fucking like, good. Yeah, no, I would probably say, like, probably, yeah, five raids out of my 300 I've had. It's, like, cheater experience. Right. So when you were getting into the PC gaming world and you were getting into Fortnite, or, and then when you saw Tarkov, like, was there any content creator that you saw out there that, like, you know, drew you into the platform, that drew you into this game? Like, was there anybody out there, like, when you were coming up that inspired you? Um, well, like most people, the first person I saw play this game because I was in the Fortnite community was Lupo, Dr. Lupo, because I saw that and then like, I think I saw Shroud play it too and I was like, whoa, like, this game looks crazy. And then, um, of course, yeah, I kept watching Lupo, but then I found like other people and like, I found like Willers when he was like a smaller smaller than he is now you know still is pretty big in the dark community right at that time um yeah 
played like Willers has always been an inspiration of mine of just like having fun in the game. Um, but then I just like most of the homies that I now game with are pretty much most of the Tarkov streamers I watch and so forth. Nice. So is there anybody out there that you haven't made content yet or made done any projects with or run any tournaments out there that you would like to moving forward? Um, there's, yeah, no, there's tons of people I just can't really think right now. <laughs> so it's such a big community. It's, it's hard to pick just one or two people. So I totally get that. And plus you don't want to name somebody and be like, oh shit, I forgot to say this person, you know? So I, yeah, no worries about that one. So moving forward with Tarkov from somebody who's played so much of this game. What is something that you would like to see changed, added, or subtracted? Or do you think the game is great as it is? Um, I think they need a, in my aspect, and I know some people might not agree with this, but um, I think they need to stop going with the whole, this game is realistic aspect, you know? Because I hate that argument because... We were like, well, it's a realistic game. And it's like, everything. But who's popping morphine yeah, before a gunfight? You know? Oh, you're like, you're popping, yeah, you're popping morphine. You get both your legs blown off and you just, oh, I mean, just like. Bro, I wish ibuprofen was that like, strong. <laughs> no, shit. No, it's just one of those things. Like, it's a game with, has realistic aspects, but like, you also got to think it's a video game. You get too realistic with it, you're going to kill it. Right, like you can't exactly and do surgery in a field like setting. That's, like that. that's why I'm glad, like, e hopping still in the game, stuff like that. That still make it that video game aspect, like, right? Just I love elements of realism still, with splashes yeah, like, of like fantastical gameplay. No, yeah, like I still like the one thing that like really drew me into Tarkov too, like other than the gun building and everything, was you can one tap someone. Right. It's not fucking Call of Duty. You shoot someone eight times in the head, and they run away, and then you die. You're like, what the fuck? You damn happening? near have to empty <laughs> a complete mag out on to kill somebody on those games. Yeah, you're you're just like, I just killed four dudes with four bullets. Like, what the fuck just happened? Like, that's what makes Tarkov great, but it also, right. like, you need that video game aspect in it. And there's mechanics like zeroing your weapon for distance. Or, you know, weather effects. Like, there's all sorts of weird, interesting things that you just don't see in other games. Like, you'll never see a COD map where it's like, oh, sometimes it's raining, sometimes it's not raining, you know, sometimes it's like... Uh, yeah, you never know. And, like, you don't know how loud that rain's gonna be. <laughs> right? This is the loudest rain ever! Like, I can understand it if it was, like, hail. But if you're wearing, like, noise-canceling headphones on your PMC and, like, you can still hear the rain. There might no, be a little is. bit of an issue. No, that's... If if I could have them fix anything right now, it would be the rain noise in buildings, too, like, overall. Because you shouldn't be still hearing, like, a pretty heavy rain noise, like, inside a building. Right. Even on reserve, hear. when you're in like the bunker, you can hear it sometimes. Like, why can I hear yeah, the rain spots, down here? Certain spots in the bunker, yeah, you're like, you can hear the rain here, and then you take like three steps to the left, and it's gone. 
but then you're just like, but why can't I hear it down here at all? <laughs> so from somebody who lives in a state that has heavy snow, would you be somebody who would like to see snow introduced with Tarkov? Or are you so sick of snow you never want to see it in the game? That's funny because, like, I fucking hate snow in a way because I do snow removal too. Like, it's part of my job. Right. Um, no, I would love snow in Tarkov, though. Like, I would love to hear the crunch of the snow and, like, so forth. Like, blood trails think, and all that. I think it would add better play to certain maps too like i think if it was snowy out shoreline would be more fun too because you could go out and snipe and see fucking forever you know like right. and imagine if they like had sniping it really and wouldn't like imagine being secretive like wearing certain clothes because they do have white clothing and other things like it would it, be cool to add more aspects to that to add more to a different aspect of like pvp totally and imagine if they made the snow different lengths in certain spots like you know on shoreline when you walk through the water and your person's moving painfully slow imagine if they had random snowbanks on maps be like i can't run here i'm stuck in this fucking snowbank yeah and then like and then sniper born stay. and having shot yeah no but you can't stay like in snowbanks because it'll freeze you like because like you would have to add that so people wouldn't just like lay in giant snowbanks <laughs> and that would make certain scav items more useful, like that Fargo yeah, hat. And then, <laughs> be like, oh, I need that, or my person's gonna freeze. Yeah, no, like, so that'd be cool though too, because then it would like, it would just be cool to see people use all the different items within Tarkov, because I, there's so many items, so many clothing things, everything. But everyone's just like meta twenty four seven. And then they would have to add certain things, like you know that forty second like tea box. You'd have to bring like a Yeti cooler to keep it hot so your person doesn't freeze. Be like, oh, I'm gonna drink some tea. Hold on, guys. Yeah, I mean, I mean, overall, when it comes Tarkov comes down to it, it's a survival game, right? Right. Some would say a, a, to survive. Some people would say a jump scare, or like fear game, like a scary game, because some of those, some of those encounters well, there's could be definitely. There's definitely horror aspects to it. So I think definitely become numb to it after a certain point in time. <laughs> absolutely. So on this wipe, have you encountered the goon squad? No. I wish. I I haven't seen them or cultists this wipe. Interesting. I'm sad. Also, one of those sanitar. They're probably going to show up when you least want them to. You're going to be like doing some random task. Or you just want to do some bullshit for you, peacekeeper. They're just going to show up and fuck you over. I thought, I, for a second, I thought I was fighting them on woods the other night, but it ended up just being Sherman and his guards. Totally. But it, it was being, it seemed like different than it wasn't Sherman. You know what I mean? Definitely. It's like this. This feels like Sturman, like the weapon sounds like Sturman, but this could yeah, be an like Arsass. Everything, everything felt different about the fight, like that I've ever felt with Sturman. I was just like, this is weird. Like, and even like people in my chat were like, are you fighting cultists or the goons? Like, what are you fighting? It's like, I don't like, know. I was like, just stuck. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. Like, and I somehow got out of it. But like, yeah, nah, I, I want to, I want to find them. But I also want to have that uh, 
task when I find them. <laughs> totally. Because there's nothing worse than like killing Killa and being like, oh, I did it before the task. Or getting your shooter born in heaven shot before it's like, oh, fuck, this is before I, I had the task. So I had to go do that again. I always do that with Tarkov shooter part eight. I always do oh. it when I don't have it. And then I'm like, that's a, oh. That's a rough one. I don't know if I'll go back to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so this wipe being where it's at at the current time what has been your gun of choice like because i know you you were speaking about gun diversity do you have a gun that's stood out for you this wipe that hasn't in the past um i mean like every last couple wipes i'm always a huge fan of the vpo 215 those are great well, just because 366 AP is... Oh, it hits so hard. People don't ever think about that round, and it's just, like, such an easy, easy gun, cheap build to just slap everyone. It almost always costs heavy bleeds, so you have to make that person heal. You can take out legs with, like, one... Sh it's a beautiful... And it's cheap, too. The weapon is cheap. The add-ons are pretty cheap. The ammo is cheap, and it all hits. Yeah, but overall, like... I'm just huge. I love AKs in Tarkov. I don't I I run everything. I'm pretty diverse with my guns. But like, like I said, like that's why I like the game. I'd rather have fun with building guns, so forth. So from somebody who enjoys the gun building aspect of the game, do you enjoy the weaponsmith missions or do you find them tedious and painful? I don't. I is that because the they haven't builds. changed really or why is that I, and I just think that gun builds they're ugly half the time and just like I don't I mean I like the XP from them <laughs> right so if gunsmith was to give you a randomly generated weapon to build every time would that be something that you would be more of a fan of yes I, I would like that I would just like to see a rework of tasking because like I said, like after eight wipes, you're fucking after doing same the same old, thing same old. Times, you're pretty tired of doing all that. Right. Well we have seen some minor tweaks. Like they do random things with a gunsmith and like this one, you know, they they, they prap or like, hey, kill five guys, but now it doesn't have to be on customs, it can be anywhere. So like it's like, like tiny like tweaks that. are yeah, happening. That. The five scabs on any map was nice because I was like, because like me, I don't go to customs for the first four days of wipe. Because it just swamped. Well, I'm like, everyone's going there. I'm like, I usually go to interchange and grab all the tech shit early. Right, before everyone else is all, there. Yeah, no, and then like I have all the later stuff first, and then I get all the, yeah. Totally. No, that's a that's a very viable method. Like you go and you hit the high ticket things when nobody's looking at it. It's like those guys who like I got a labs card and I'm immediately going because no one will be there. Oh yeah, no, I, I, a lot of times we'll do that too because you're just like, oh, get a bunch of loot real quick. <laughs> like, right. That, well, there's yeah. my Ledex. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, sadly, the Letty was not the easy go around usually it's a pretty simple thing I feel like not simple but but easier than it's been so far 
Yeah, no, at this point, I still haven't even seen one other than crafting one. I, I was very lucky. I, I went into interchange with a scav, and he just happened to have it in his backpack. I was like, what the fuck? Whoa, yeah, no, that's... That was one of those, I'm immediately getting out of here and praying oh, the whole day. way. That was like the other day. I spawned in on a scav and had a VPX. And I had a, that's all uh, I needed to turn in. Dunlock F, FMJ for the 338. Nice. I was like, and I'm out. <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes you get lucky. It's funny because, like, when you want to do something for a task, like, hey, kill five sniper scavs with a bolt action, it feels like those motherfuckers never spawn in. And it feels like the same thing when you need tasks, like, I need T-plugs. Yeah. Where the fuck are these T-plugs? But when you don't exactly. need them, they're everywhere. Yeah, that's why you go, that's why you get the stuff you don't need early. <laughs> exactly. So, on this wipe, I've heard a lot of people say that the scavs are more cracked than usual. Now, is that something that you would agree with, disagree with? or no opinion I actually disagree with that I think they're the exact same they've been for two pipes I don't know totally. scabs have always been cracked in my opinion like they've always been something you just don't like take lightly yeah I, I think that's the thing I think people just assume that they're dumb AI and then you know they'll get hit in the face with a shotgun blast like this scav is cheating or this scav's got auto aim like well you, oh, no, like, you gave him a clear shot. A shot yeah I missed a shot on a scav like I look down on the ground so my head hitbox is smaller and I get to cover because I'm like oh I'm fucked like if I stand here another second that dude's head eyes in me right <laughs> it's like he might be a civilian with a gun but if I'm not moving like I'm a pretty easy target no, yeah, no scavs. I just think people think of them they more take likely them, than they are. Right, totally. But I don't think they're more cracked than they've been. So when it comes to tasks, like I know you've already said that peacekeepers' task is not your favorite. Now, is there a certain task or a certain line of tasks that you just hate doing? Oh, I yeah, uh, Punisher Part Four. I actually finished that yesterday, but. Yep. I like I just hate the Punisher series. I really do. Yeah, um, it's not my favorite either. <laughs> no. Um because that one, because of the scab vest and the ski mask on shoreline, that one just is a pain. Just pushing you and back then, to shoreline. And then the end it off with SPDs. And I I can't stand SVDs. I don't know why it is, but I just can't. That's my least favorite gun in Dark Ops. Everyone's got their preferences. Like, yeah, SVD. Some people I know people who swear by it, but you know, it's not oh, everybody's I, cup I know of tea. A lot of people that are like, it's one of my favorite guns. You're crazy. I'm like, I only use it for that task, and the second I am done with that, I never touch that gun again. You, you immediately sell it on the flea market. You hope oh, no, to never yeah, see no. it again. It's there's a couple tasks like that. Yeah, like I'm done. I just take everything off, sell everything. I'm just like I'm done. Fuck it. I can't do it. <laughs> I hope I never see this shit again. Exactly. <laughs> so, from somebody who enjoys the looter and shooter genre, have you played the other games that are emerging in this particular game pool, like a Cycle Frontier or a Marauders? I'm very interested in Marauders, to be honest, just because. It kind of has that whole like sea of thieves aspect to it too like right and there's no like, secure pocket so it's very high risk high reward yeah, parade. No, like that that like at first i enjoyed cycle but overall 
that game's not for me. I know that. Right. I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of that game. I think slows in that game's very rough. So forth. Um, and plus that game, like, the looting aspect of it didn't really intrigue me, certain things about it. But, like, that game's great. I think that game's great. The developers are great. So forth. Right. But it's just not for me. It just me. doesn't speak to you. Yeah, where like Marauders, that game to me looks dope as hell. Like, because <laughs> it's got so many I, unique aspects too, like the ship to ship combat, the gunplay. Like, it, there's a lot of cool things, and it's gritty. It, it's dark. It's a lot like a Tarkov yeah, in certain ways. It feels more like a Tarkov game, but definitely just it's its own thing. Where a cycle is very like, vibrant and it's very cartoony and it almost feels like it's geared more towards like you know a younger audience. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of understandable. It's a free to play game, like absolutely. You know, like that, you're kind of going to go for the younger, more casual audience in a way because of the free to play aspect. That makes sense. And something about Cycle um, feels like it could be played on a console. It kind of feels like that's going to be the console's oh yeah. version of a looter and shooter. Oh yeah, you could. I could totally. Yeah, being. It feels like it very much feels like a. Yeah, console. A game that could go in that direction. It's kind of like, yeah, kind of like Hunt, in a way, like how Hunt's on console, you know. Right. It, has that just feel hunt feels a little different than those games but are it's the same idea of like you gotta extract oh absolutely that game, so, so that game has the best sound out of any game and it's ever, got though. a jar of bees <laughs> like that game's yeah, got no, all like, sorts of crazy shit in there that looks just amazing oh no that game's great it's one of those things i can't fully get into it though for some reason Right, just for whatever unknown reason. So from somebody who is interested in Marauders, did you see that they extended the beta? I did, but I'm just going to wait a little longer, especially now, like right now, for me. Totally. Because I have, like, money-wise, I shouldn't be spending money on something like that, especially when I'm, like, about to be missing work for a little bit because I'm having surgery in, like, a week and a half. Absolutely. Is this uh, something that's something that's been bothering you for a while, or is this something that's just one of those like, oh, it just needs to happen kind of surgeries? Or if you don't want to talk about it, that's totally fine too. Oh no, it's a uh, no. This it's something that should be fixing some issue that they couldn't figure out for probably like about eight, nine years now. Oh damn! So this has been an exactly ongoing like, issue. No, like yeah, recently just actually got a. Like they figured something out from a scan, so totally. forth. So, well, best of luck moving forward with that. That got super cool that they identified it, and hopefully, it's a super painless procedure with very little recovery time needed. Oh yeah, I should, I should be back to work in like two weeks. Should be chilling. Excellent. So, from somebody who games and somebody who skates. Like, do you have, like, a set schedule for the two? You're like, oh, today I'm going to skate, and then tomorrow I'm going to game? Or is it one of those things where you just kind of take it day by day? Day by day? Um, I don't know. I, I'm i not someone that can really set a schedule for all that. Kind of oh. spontaneous with all that. Which um, goes into the having fun aspect. Like, when, like it's yeah. spontaneous. It's just fun. 
Yeah, no, it's um, I don't know. Especially I'm older now, and I work in a hot fucking sun all day. I like the game a little more than I like to skate anymore, just because like it's just mainly in the summer too. I hate the heat. Can't stand it. Well, thankfully you live in a state like Colorado where you have a lot of weather and a lot oh, of none. Oh, you yeah, don't have any weather? Yeah, months. No, we have plenty of months where it's like, no, we actually have seasons. I enjoy that. And then we have like my favorite temperature for a couple months a year. So I'm down with it. <laughs> Are you a fan of the Colorado Avalanche? Big fan. Yeah. Well, congratulations on your Stanley Cup win. Oh, hell yeah. No. As a Sharks fan, I, it's another year of sad no cups. <laughs> oh, no. That, that, I, I'm just hyped for Colorado in general for that because Colorado is not always the best with sports. <laughs> right. Well, look at the Rockies. For... Oh, I'm not a Rockies fan. Thank God. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot Thank of God pain. I was not raised a Rockies fan. <laughs> the Denver Broncos had a run, but it's been a while. You guys are getting a new quarterback, so hopefully that spurs something. Well, it's funny because I was I grew up a Colts fan because of Peyton Manning. So oh, cool. when he came here, it was actually pretty cool because I was like, ah, all right, word, fuck yeah. At least he came here. <laughs> right, that worked out pretty well for you. Yeah, so that was like cool to like see them win with Manning and shit. Right. Your like, favorite quarterback like, growing up on your hometown team. Yeah, or your home that, state like, team. that was that was cool and it was like a huge deal for Colorado too because like yeah we went through so many slumps of championships totally it's always cool when you have something like that rejuvenating an entire state oh yeah so somebody who's a huge avalanche fan who is your favorite player on the team currently uh I mean kind of hard not to say McKinnon right McKinnon or McCarr those are like between those two like it's so hard not to say them because, like, I don't know. They've been with Avs for a minute now, too. Like, you know, like, everybody's wanting to see them win it. Right, and they're very humble players. Like, they're not doing yeah. crazy shit off ice like you'd see with, like, an Evander Kane or anything like that. No, it, yeah. No, it's so hard not to say McKinnon, though. <laughs> right, no, absolutely. So... We've covered a lot today. We've covered gaming. We've covered skateboarding. We've covered hockey and sports in general. So we're, we're getting close to our time constraint because we try to keep it between an hour, hour and a half. So right now, Burflu, now is your time to say whatever the fuck you would like to say. If you would like to thank people who have helped you along your journey of streaming and content creation, if you want to thank your sponsorships, if you want to plug something like a charity event or a tournament, anything that you would like to say, now is your time. The floor is yours. No, I just want to say a shout out to anyone that's ever helped me and like in the past supported me. Anyone like from New Balance giving me shoes to some company giving me boards to just a homie watching my stream. Shout out to like everyone. And I want to say shout out to Sushi for tagging me in your post on Twitter. Make this all happen. Oh, Sushi's a good guy, yeah. Oh, so she's the man. Um, but yeah, no, just shout out to all my mods, everyone, all the homies, just anyone that's just ever been a part of my life, really. Nice. So where's the best place for people to find you? Like, 
Where do you stream? What are your socials? Are you on YouTube? Are you on TikTok? Um, so Twitch, I stream Twitch uh, practically every evening, um, every weekend as well. I'll do even long ass streams from 12 to 24 hour streams. <laughs> Damn, that's um, a long one. I'll, YouTube is something like I only have one guide on YouTube right now with Tarkov. Um, I'm trying to get more into YouTube this wipe, do more content within there so you can find me there as well. Um, Twitter as well, and uh, TikTok, and it's all just under bird flu. Nice. We'll put all the links. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. It's just spelling my the name. Totally. So we're going to put all the links in the description. So if you're interested in checking out bird flu, B-R-R-F-L-U, we're going to have all that stuff. Just scroll down, click the link, and you'll go right to his stuff. Drop this man a follow, whether you're a fan of skateboarding, a fan of gaming. This guy's got everything under the sun in those two realms. But anyway, I'd like to take this time to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to coming on the show. Like, it's always a difficult sell to ask somebody to come on here and talk to a complete stranger about a random list of things. So thank you for taking that plunge. Hey, thank you for having me. You know, I was, I'm always down to, to new people and share my experiences and my stories. And... Absolutely. So this has been episode 51. If you're interested in bird flu, go give this man a follow. We're going to have all this stuff in the description. Other than that, I'm the 8-Bit Nobody. You guys should go outside and either touch or smoke some grass. And with that, we'll catch you next week.